On this full-time roundup bonus episode, Danny Bram squared preview the MLS season. We talk coaching carousel, seasons of signings, and of course, wouldn't be a preview show without getting awards on the docket and in the record books. Full-time roundup starts right now. There we go. There we go. We're back. We're back. We are back. You're back, guys. Welcome in. Uh, of course, if you do are watching us on YouTube, you see a new face to the show, not a new face to us, not a new face to some of our listeners, as we're welcoming the one and only Danny Brams from the Charlotte Soccer Show, one of our great friends. Brams, always good to see you. Thank you for doing this. Welcome into another episode of Full Time Roundup. We did a preview or roundup show of MLS last time with you, and now we're going to get the preview show down with you as MLS exciting guys kicks off in only a couple hours tonight. MLS is back, baby. Thanks for the welcome. It is back. Being here with you guys. Absolutely. Of course, I uh, just want to get some admin stuff out of the way. If you guys are not following or listening to the Charlotte soccer show, go check them out. Uh, of course, Danny Brams and John Hayes do an amazing job over there. You can also follow them on X at full time roundup or excuse me, that's us. Uh, for the crown, baby. Uh, I got a little bit ahead of myself there. Follow it's us at close. full-time roundup. Yes, exactly. Uh, and of course, there's a, a couple of great episodes that they've been doing of late with the preview of Charlotte FC. They also had Bradley Wright Phillips recently, which was an absolute masterpiece of an episode with great interview of one of the MLS legends. Uh, and then of course, Danny, we wouldn't be doing you guys a justice without getting into our watch party at Hopfly this weekend. Uh, do you want to give us a little bit of a taste of what to the listeners can expect at Hopfly on Saturday before the game? Basically, uh, probably the best way to uh, get ready for the game and pregame and have, have a really good, fun, just kind of absurdist uh, soccer immersion experience. We have uh, <clears throat> Hopfly Brewing is right down Main Street, about a five-minute walk down from the stadium. So we're going to get going around there around 4 o'clock. We will have a booth set up. We'll have uh, some special beers. We will have uh, some microphones set up. So Johnny and I will be kind of like emceeing, just inviting people in from the sidewalk, you know, teeing up, uh, interacting with the DJ and stuff like that. We'll have a DJ. We will have uh, uh, Rare and Retro Soccer is going to be there, local local, uh, vintage jersey shop, one of the best. They have shops here in Charlotte and in Atlanta. They're going to have a – booth set up with some vintage jerseys you can buy you can buy them there and then they'll ship them to you or you can like buy them there and then go pick them up the next day it's not you don't have to carry it around all day if you want to buy or you can just window shop you can browse um we'll have a photo booth set up we got like a big you know a little backdrop for people to have fun and uh get some uh stuff for the gram and just have a good old time we're uh, you know hot fly is a really cool spot because it's so open it's really open and airy and just a you kind of blend inside and outside. You can go upstairs, downstairs. We'll be in the parking lot for to whenever. And then when the 11s drop, when the lineup drops about an hour or so before kickoff, John and I will jump on the air. We'll have our camera set up and do a quick little live stream there reacting to the lineups so that if you're not at the party, you can at least you can watch that. Let, you know, I can't fault anyone if they want to go to the official tailgate down on McNick Street, obviously. And uh, But uh, br- pop your phone up and uh, stream us there. Bring, bring us to the tailgate since we won't be there. But... That is going to be a really fun party, and then we will shut it down uh, after about 30 minutes of streaming and pack everything up and have one last beer and walk to the keep. That sounds well, I'm like hyped. a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds I'm hyped. Like a lot and of fun. 
I know that, you know, like we said, uh, Danny, uh, the, the, the fun is just beginning. It's starting today. Uh, of course, we'll have Inter-Miami, Messi kicking us off this season, yeah. playing yeah. Real Salt Lake we, tonight. It's a good thing we're getting this preview episode in, guys, because the season is legitimately hours away. So Yeah, exactly. Only a couple so of hours we're doing away. it. So let's go, let's get right into it with that being said so we can get this out and let the listeners get it in before uh we before you know no one cares about changes. Miami anyway. No right. one cares about Miami but we we do want to get you know your thoughts on uh, a couple of things of course uh so the the way that this will go is as some of our listeners know I am not um, as an avid MLS fan as these two are so I'm going to be the host kind of driving the conversation the questions sure. of course I'll chime in and give my thoughts as well but these two are the experts um, so I want to just get their thoughts on a couple of questions around MLS this season. Of course, it was a, a really fun, exciting season last season, as always is the case with, with new teams popping up. Of course, we had St. Louis, a, a nice surprise in their expansion season. I know that rubs Danny Brams the wrong way as he's as they've harped on them on the show, but uh, a lot of just good action that came out of the, the league last year and hoping to see that extend. Of course, part of some of that, Danny, is just the way that Apple TV has has kind of you know amplified their coverage and, and taken over the, nope. the sport essentially here in the US. Uh, so I just want to dive in quickly on that as the opening question. You know, from a fan's perspective, um, what have you thought about Apple TV being part of, of the MLS network of, of family essentially? And uh, mm -hmm. of course, they've they've announced a couple of changes. You talked with Bradley Wright Phillips about a few of them the other day. Of course, you didn't want to share too much, but uh, mm -hmm. it, will this be a better viewing experience for for fans this year in your eyes, or or kind of what should we expect going into season two of Apple TV? I hope so because uh, whatever you think about Apple, whether you love them or hate them. I think they would at least generally have a universal reputation of like improving and iterating and getting better over time. So hopefully they'll get a little bit better. Um, I always never loved the uh, game broadcast. I never had any beef with any game broadcast. I go to a lot of games, season ticket holder for the crown, obviously. So I, a lot of times am, uh, you know, stumbling out of an Uber and like uh, passing out on my couch uh, after a, a long night of partying at the keep. And just like have the have the 1030 the West Coast games that like going on in the background and stuff like that, you know, so um, there is that. And then um, so I I don't see like the times that I when Charlotte has has a few have bye weeks or when they're in a away game and I've watched some of the other coverage. The game coverage is great. The graphics look clean and everything. I'm interested to see what Phillips was uh, right. Phillips was talking about, you know with the changes and when I come to 360, because I love a wraparound show. I love the idea. I always thought MLS needed a wraparound show, kind of like NFL Sunday ticket. And, but when I saw it in execution last year, I didn't love, love, love it. Um, I still think it's obviously a good idea that they need to keep working on until it's great until everyone does love, love, love it. So hopefully they've uh, made some really great steps in that direction. And one thing to kind of mention off that is if you're a season ticket holder, at least for Charlotte FC, you get a free MLS mm -hmm. pass, which is a pretty cool thing they did. I don't know if that's a universal thing. It is. Yep. All, all, all teams, season ticket holders. Yeah, all teams. That's, that's really cool. I mean, that's that's something to appreciate. It. I know a lot of people, if, you, if you're like, what? Where I haven't heard anything about that. Check your spam folder. I actually have, no, have talked to people just even today that were like, hey, where's my MLS season pass? And it was in their spam folders. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see, of course, you know, they they are the primary um, host of MLS games. So if you are an MLS fan, you're obviously listening to us here on this episode. Go check it out. See if you need to get, you know, either have season tickets or get the MLS pass. I had it 
last year for a little while. It was, it was quite interesting that you could do specific teams, I believe, if I remember correctly, or the whole league. And then there was different. What I really love. Route, so. What I really love is sorry to inter- cut you off, but I, just, I love the replayability. I love the fact how easy it is to go back and watch the Charlotte game over again, like with a couple of clicks and stuff like that, and like or yeah. queue up specific goals. There was a you know there was a Christmas time project I did where I wanted to rank all the goals from one to sixty. And I was so easy to just go to like one page on the Apple app and uh, and be able to like queue up any goal I wanted to to call up on demand. So I definitely think like the, it's over time people are going to start to appreciate it more. But um, hopefully the 360 show goes from like good to great, you know, here in year two, or at least uh, steps in that direction. Yeah, but that and you like you mentioned and you mentioned it on the show with with Bradley. Of course, Apple always iterates and looks to improve. So we'll we'll see how that transpires this year. Of course, you know, they have individual shows. They had the Messi uh, documentary uh, and not to get too far in the weeds on Messi. But, you know, obviously he is going to be setting us off tonight uh, with his Inter Miami team. And and just want to quickly touch on it. You know, you know, want to get your thoughts of of maybe retrospectively what mm-hmm. and we talked about this on the Roundup episode as well. But, you know, maybe a little bit more time to think about it. What, what was your take on the Messi experiment last season and, and, and what does that look like for you? going into season two, uh, you know, a little bit more comfort for him. He'll have a few more of his friends around him, of course, uh, with some signings in the off season, but what does the messy experiment look like for, for Danny Brams and maybe more, you know, more holistically at the, at the league's perspective. And does this continue to grow the league like MLS expected it to when he signed? I think there's a little bit of a uh, chip on the shoulder still just of like, you know, a little bit of feeling he's a uh, carpet bagger or whatnot, just kind of coming in and, and sucking up all the attention. And so it's like the thing you want, like the best case scenario of Messi coming in is like, oh, well, his, his, all the attention on him will like help other, help eyes to be on other players who will shine. And, uh, you know, like the, that rising tide will lift all the boats and people will see how good other MLSers are because they showed up to watch Messi. And they're, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I mean, the everything is so much just about him that I don't know if there's even room being, uh, you know, space being created for that to happen. So we'll see. But um, I'm down on Miami. Once we get started getting into the predictions, I, I, let's let me wait because when we get to predictions, that's that'll be my time to crap all over uh, Inter Flamingos for sure. Love it. Love it. Flamingos. And kind of piggybacking off that with the messy experience and him wanting to bring his crew, you could say, to MLS. Mm-hmm. MLS actually, you were think I was thinking at least that in the offseason they would make kind of a lot of changes to roster flexibility. You know, you got Copa America coming to town this summer. You mm-hmm. have the World Cup in two years. Do you think MLS did enough to, to kind of update the roster rules and flexibility, or do you think we still have a, a long time to go? Oh, I don't think they did enough at all. I mean, come on now. What are we, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, they barely did anything, right? I mean, they made a, made a few tweaks and stuff like that, but really they just let Miami kind of run roughshod and do whatever they want to sign a bunch of uh, big money players. And then at the last second, they're like shedding salary here right before the end of the, the preseason. Um, we see it in the Open Cup. US, MLS, you know, did nothing to a – lot, a lot of the problems that are going on, and I'm certainly not the, the perfectly versed person to talk about the dispute between MLS and US Open Cup and – how U.S. soccer's role and all that, but what I gauge from the situation without like following the details every single day is just that they're working on a proposal to make it happen. A bunch of people have quit, and they're working on a proposal to make it happen with limited MLS participation. And you know, like the big issue is if 
you know, some people will say, oh, well, MLS just wants money or whatever. And you can think that and that might be true. But like if you go by their stated reason, which was wear and tear on our players playing the U.S. Open Cup for very little return in smaller stadiums and stuff like that. Well, then opening up, you could have solved that with just more roster flexibility, like you said. So they could have said, well, let's say that let's just make a rule that says Open Cup games. You know, you can call up your whole next pro team if you want for 48 hours and send them back with no penalties or something like that. You know, like they could have made that rule and then it would instead of having to like pull their teams from the tournament, you know, and try to insert the next pro franchises. That was just a big mistake because they could have just figured out a way to to make sure all the next pro guys were playing under the first team badge uh, in that tournament. But regardless of that, I don't think MLS has done enough to really sort of reassure the public and fans um that all is is uh you know that that, that all is well and 100 percent aligned towards uh the betterment and development of the game uh over a pure profit motive when it when it comes to change one thing they did change apparently is is the referees and the referees were Again. fairly abysmal last year but they Another had to example. strike and then mm-hmm. now there's what 30 something new referees coming in. So that Scabs. should be an interesting experience to see if it improves, somehow gets worse, or it's actually just on par with, with last year. Yeah, I mean, so I'm a you know, I'm the type of guy, I'm a big labor <laughs> movement supporter. I'm pro union, I'm pro all of it, you know. In real life, I'm very pro labor. Um, as a soccer fan. I don't really care who the referees are. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I really don't. I mean, I guess I don't I, I don't believe, just being perfectly honest, sorry to be insulting, but I don't believe that PRO, the Professional Referees Organization of MLS, has really maintained a very super high standard. So I don't really know how bad could the scabs and replacement referees be that are going to come in and be working these games against the union. Uh, you know, on a human level, I really don't like to see labor defeated by management in a corporate sense like that. But uh, I just think referees should be anonymous. Give me robot referees 100%, and, and I'll, we'll all be happier. But I hope they all work it out for sure. Just tell me, you know what? When I get to the match, when I turn the match on TV or arrive at the stadium, I'm going to look down and see whichever guy looks like he doesn't belong there, and that's, I'm going to know that's the referee. You know, And uh, the other 22 guys are the guys I came to see. Well, we, we got a lot of admin stuff out of the way, of course. Wanted to touch on some of that, but of course the, the – what everyone wants to talk about, what we love watching, aside from the referees and whether they're the right guys on the field, is the actual play on the field itself, right, guys? Mm-hmm. So I uh, want to dive into some some topics here and just get your guys' thoughts. Topic. A lot of new faces this season behind the benches. It seems like almost a third of the clubs have new managers. Danny Brams, we're going to get to Charlotte FC specifically later on. So, you know, kind of just leave that one a little bit when I ask you this question. But who do you think – is going to have the biggest impact on their team. And we can run through them quickly. Of course, you have a new manager at Chicago Fire, Columbus, Colorado Rapids. Frank Klopp uh, is the pickle king. Yep, Minnesota United. Chris Armas, United. the Colorado. Uh, Phil <laughs> Neville at Timbers. The last-minute option at Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. the last – everyone at who, – who, where can I find him? Uh, Caleb Porter is going to New England Revolution after everything that happened with Bruce Arena last season. Uh, there's a whole host of them. So uh, anyone in particular that stands out that's going to have the biggest impact for you guys this season? And, and I, I pose that question to both of you is, uh, you know, to get your thoughts on that. I've been I've been talking on my DB brackets. Why don't you take this first? All right. I'm I'm really high on Caleb Porter. 
and what he's got going on at New England. Yeah, well, I, that was, I, it was a mistake to let you go first. How, I, don't, I mean, whatever. I'll let I'm you sorry. finish. But that's the I'm wrong sorry I stole your fire. <laughs> right, uh, no, 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 no. I won't be No, not a fire. No, I was going to say it's not a fire that. thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but I thought he did a great job at his previous jobs. Um, you know, with the whole thing that went down with New England last year, that was just really weird. Not really going to touch on that too much. But they have a decent roster. They're, you know, they're going to rely on some young kids. They got that winger that I couldn't even pronounce his name if I wanted to. Chunkalai. Yep. Well, Chunkalai, but then they have the, like, the American oh, kids. Okay. Oh, so yeah. It's going to be Doctor Rush or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty high on Caleb Porter in New England. Now they are in the, the East, and the East is kind of stacked. But I, I think he's probably the one to make a difference. And I'm going to spin zone here. One that is not going to make a difference. Phil Neville because he's a terrible manager. Yeah, I mean Neville going. I, I don't know why Portland was so quick to fill their their spot with with Phil Neville. I I remember at that point of the Charlotte FC coaching search, I was like, yeah, at least we don't have to worry. We're not, you know, he's off the market. Thank God, you know, like we don't have to worry <laughs> about hearing stories about him showing up for an interview. Yeah, uh, I mean Neville famously is going to be the guy who managed Miami before Me- right before Messi showed up so uh not and they when they lost like I think they went 17 matches with with no wins and um I I feel bad like I don't want to just like savage the guy but I do- it doesn't seem good other the, the situation in Portland isn't great either as far as they're still they're kind of like in year they're they're um they're saying the long goodbye if you will to a sort of previous era of Portland Timbers where that was dominated by Diego Valeri and Sebastian Blanco, kind of like being two of the best attacking players in the league. Blanc, uh, Valeri walked away, you know, permanently a couple of years ago, and he's actually now working for Apple TV as we uh, on the Spanish language uh, MS, uh, MLS 360. And um, he uh, Blanco finally has gone too. Blanco tried to soldier on for a year and a half or so after Valeri left, but he's finally gone. Uh, Diego Chara is still there, but Jimmy Chara, his brother who came up from Colombia for a couple of years, has gone back to Colombia. He's playing down there for Deportivo somebody. And so like, and then, so now they have Evander come in as their big money signing. They brought in last year, probably the biggest bust, uh, DP of the the season last year, you know, saving Enzo Copetti from that title. And now Evander it's talking about he wants to leave, and they had a deal where he could have left and gone to Europe, uh, back to Europe this summer. And um, uh, he said Portland nixed it, even though he wanted to go. Uh, it's like Bologna or something like that, or some team over there. So, I, I just a bad situation in Portland overall. And Neville doesn't seem like the guy to fix it based on the bad situation results he had in Miami. So, I'm with you on that take. Um, my my pick for who is going to be the best is Dean, and that's biased, but also I think like when you just look at this list, it's pretty uh, easy to see. Porter is a former MLS Cup winning coach, so I can't totally take that away from him. Um, he has his fans and his haters, Caleb Porter, so who, who knows? But, I mean, he certainly is accomplished. Um, I, give me, though, off the list of new coaches, Troy Lezesne or whatever. Uh, Troy Lezesne, I think, is his name. Carolina Roots, he's a Carolina guy, worked for the Charlotte Independence here in town at one point, uh, taken over for, for D.C. United, taken over for Wayne Rooney. And not that I think D.C. Disaster. is great, but I just think Rooney season. was like so checked out and just so like not into it and not really up to the job of like building a franchise necessarily. So like 
just for the sheer upgrade of like someone who is an up and coming, like young gun coach who has some ideas versus kind of a guy who was just here collecting paychecks because he needed an ocean between him and his tabloid gossip queen wife for a couple of years. Give me Troy, baby. I'm going to go a different route, a team that hasn't been mentioned and, but has made a lot of signings this summer. I think when you look at it, just also can't be any worse than they've been the last couple of seasons. I think Chris Armis is going to have just a, a little bit of an easy route to make again, improvement from where, from where Colorado has been, which has been in the dumpsters for the last couple of seasons of MLS. So I, he's going to need it because he he's really struggled lately. And I'm, I was surprised he has. that he, he was definitely the guy has. they put in charge of their rebuild because I actually love everybody they've brought in and we'll talk more about it, yep. but seemed like a weird one to put in charge. Agreed. I, I, again, I just think you can't get any worse than they've been. Be so I think he might be he, motivated he, and, he imploded at Red Bulls and failed spectacularly at, at Toronto. So maybe, you know, maybe he's motivated. Dean, Dino Smith came off back. a couple of recent failures before, too before he got here. Never know. You you grow from – you learn from your your failure, right? So we'll see if he if he can do that there. Now, switching gears from players – or coaches to players, um, you mentioned, you know, some of the moves that Colorado brought in that you really like, Danny. Um, anyone in particular that made the biggest moves during the offseason, or or is Colorado one of those teams that kind of just stands out to you? Uh, of course, we can talk about you know some of the players in Miami that they added, but they Colorado added a lot of good pieces yeah. um, to that roster. Is, is that the so biggest move during the offseason? I'm going to start with hot take that uh, Suarez is not not going to do it. Suarez is really going to bust pretty hardcore. I he can't even say, run. He has no knees right now. So yeah, I, I just don't say I don't see Suarez playing a thousand minutes this year, which would be what ten games. I, I don't think he gets to a thousand minutes uh, personally. So we'll see. Could be wrong, but I don't think it happens. Um, as far as who I think is a good signing, uh, it's George Mihailovic in Colorado, and Colorado with a full rebuild, get bringing a lot of guys. They brought Sam Vines back from Belgian league. They bring Jordy from the Dutch league. Georgie has you know an MLS freaking stud for a couple of years uh, at Chicago and Montreal didn't really find his way into playing time at Ozzy Alkmaar in Dutchland and so he's back and I, that was the guy I really coveted for Charlotte to bring back he once we started hearing that Georgie you know wants back to MLS and this is a guy who's in the U.S. Men's National Program he's probably like the fringe you know sixth or seventh foot playmaker he's not you know not necessarily gonna be a starter in 2026 but he would be my starter because I love this kid but like, so I was like, Charlotte needs to go get him, go get him, Charlotte, go get him, Charlotte. Ends up, he comes to Colorado, which was, I thought was weird at the time, but now they've brought in other signings. You know, he's, he's not the only guy that they brought in. If I look up, but let me. Zach Steffen, Zach Steffen, I was going to say. Yeah, Stephen, I mean, Steffen is Steffen. I get it. Steffen, what has Steffen ever really done? But well, he, he won the cup with Columbus no. Yeah, okay, I guess that's something. I, <laughs> but Loffelson, that was early in his career, though. Then he went and sat yeah. on the bench at, at yeah, City. Yeah, at City. That, so. Yeah, after that, he went to City. La but Sammy Vines is solid. Loffelson is a, is a really nice uh, pickup from Salt Lake. He's a, he's an MLS veteran who knows how to get, uh, you know, create goals in this league. Omir Fernandez from Red Bulls, another very very nice pickup. Navarro is serviceable. Sam Vines, like I said, they brought him back. They got this dude from the French league, Lamina Diak, uh, to play DM. So they did like they like I think they have the most incoming transfers of all um uh Colorado. And I I'm not gonna say it's all gonna work, but I just the linchpin of it being Mihailovich gives it a chance. I do think Armis might be the biggest factor as to why that might not work, but what do I know? 
I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. That, Ar- Armus is a much better coach than me. I can promise you that much. I'm gonna go with uh, Matt's alma mater team here. He might be wearing. Rumor on the street is he might be wearing his famous New York City FC hat on Saturday. But uh, New York City FC were busy. Seems like a way to get it famously uh, destroyed. That hat. But, yeah, <laughs> now, There's some things I'll, I cannot say yet that I will not be wearing that hat for. So we'll just leave it at that. All jokes, but uh, Jovan Mihailovic, a striker, 18-year-old, commanded mm-hmm. an 8.6 million transfer fee. Andres Pereira from Philly, he was on loan last year, but performed well. Um, Augustine Ojeda from Racing Club, you, I think you mentioned that on your last mm-hmm. CSS pod. Um, he's a good one. And then Hannes Wolf from from the Bundesliga with Gladbach. Mm-hmm. Three really, or four, I guess technically, really intriguing signings there. Hopefully they're Oh, they're all not ready for first game of the season, but I, I could see New York City FC kind of, you know, playing a lot better than they did last year. Yeah, I, I, I told I'm I'm worried because we sort of have this in the Charlotte FC thing. It's like, yeah, you know, we never lose to them because we never have lost to them in two years of being a franchise. But I, I'm really worried about the remake that they they have. They look dangerous. I'm going to go with one of the teams that you guys have talked about. Um, your your co-host has been high on Atlanta and, and just what they've done there in the offseason, too. I don't, I don't know if it's the biggest moves of the offseason, but I, I do think that they've added some good pieces. And, of course, they had a, a down year last year for the standard that they've had since they entered the league and, uh, of course, winning MLS Cup in, in their first season or close to it. Uh, I think they're they're going to bounce back, and they made some good moves. But I definitely agree with you guys. Those two, those two clubs that you mentioned, both of course made big splashes in the off season. To your point, Danny, will will Chris Armis be able to get those pieces together and and, and go in in the right direction? We'll see. Um, and it kind of leads me into my next question for both of you guys: is based off of of the moves that you've both discussed, give me a team, both good and bad, um, that that you think will surprise you this year. Uh, we'll we'll start with good. Uh, uh, Danny Brackett, because again, I'm double double DB squared here, so I got to be very specific with who I'm asking. Uh, Brackett, who, who give me a, a team that will surprise you on the good side uh, this season? That's a good question. Now, I've been really thinking about this just because, you know, especially with some of these, there's like three or four teams that have rebuilt in a major way. And I'm going to go with a pick that I can't believe I'm about to say because it's a very toxic club, but LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy. They, they, you know, they got rid of Chicharito. They got rid of Douglas Costa. They got rid of Tyler Boyd. And they brought in Joe Paintsill, $9 million from Genk. They brought in uh, Mickey Yamin, international um, teammate of um, Yoshida. And then they signed a kid named Gabriel Peck, from for 10 million i think he's from brazil and they still got ricky ricky puig in the middle and i'm gonna save my prediction for later but i think if puig has some guys around him who can actually put the ball in the back of the net this team is going to be extremely dangerous in the in a west uh standings that is not as strong as the east wow and oh and then you said one bad um i'm gonna go with I think Orlando. I don't think Orlando is going to be good. I know they just signed Luis Marial, but they lost, you know, their veteran captain. And, you know, maybe Facu Torres finally goes nuclear this season. But I just a lot of the predictions had them pretty high up the table. And I just I just don't buy it. 
Can't go wrong with either pick. Bram's different direction, same feeling. What, how are we feeling? I Surprise, mean, there's, there's literally seven teams probably that I could just throw right off the top of my head that I think are going to be disappointing. I don't know why, uh, but I'll try. What can I say about a team that will be better this year? Surprisingly good. Uh, I kind of believe in D.C., I kind of believe in DC. Like I said, I, I think the new coach is a, is a big deal. Um, it's tough for me to to like. I don't know, but th- that no one's really like jumping out at me. But just knowing that DC did bring in a lot of signings as well, I think New York City also a good shout. You know, I kind of feel like some of these teams we've already talked about: Colorado, DC, New York City. Those are teams that I look at to like make moves to to be better uh, than they were last year, like significantly better. Um, I like the Galaxy shout a little bit because Galaxy can't always turn it around quickly. But uh, I also and I'll, I'll throw Sporting KC as a team we haven't talked about yet, but I think just kind of had a flukishly bad year last year. If they don't have a good year, if I'm wrong about KC and they come out and suck again early, it's like total teardown rebuild time in KC because they've been hanging on to Peter Vermees, their coach. I think he's like since 2009. I think he's when he was hired. So like. Uh, he, I think it's like he's the longest tenured coach in MLS, and then he is almost double the next longest, something like that. And it's because like, and the, the fourth longest in the league is Josh Wolf for Austin, which wasn't even a franchise four years ago. So, um, I know he's he kills me in fantasy all the, all the time. Josh Wolf, we need to have a talk, bro. Come have a beer with me, and let me tell you a few things about your team. But um, so I like KC though. I, I'm going to pick him to go up. Um, because they were so bad last year as far as down years i mean take your pick i think i think minnesota falls off the map i the the desperate scramble to bring in a coach a week before the season is crazy what a nightmare yeah what a nightmare yeah their best player uh emmanuel reynoso is just a flake and like has had all kinds of problems with reporting to camp and he's always getting all these little injuries and that he hasn't been playing much in preseason so I think Minnesota falls off the cliff. St. Louis, I think, is going to be not so great. They had a nice comeback 2-1 win to kick off CONCACAF Champions Cup earlier this week. Uh, They looked really bad in the first half and then kind of came back in the second half and and won. Don't do this to yourself. Don't don't do it again. Uh, Well, I'm not going to say they're horrible, but I just don't (laughs) think they're going to – they're not going to win – they're not going to be number one seed in the West. Yeah, no Uh, chance. But Austin, Austin, I think, falls off the map. They have one – Austin has like one – really great player and they did add to him a little bit because one of my favorite impact signings actually is diego rubio i just don't know if it's enough for them they'll they'll probably be fighting to make the playoffs if possible um i think cincinnati is going to struggle with barreal alvaro barreal leaving uh last minute but is it confirmed yeah, yeah, he's going to Brazil. He's out. Oh, wow. And I just think they kind of had lightning in a bottle last year that will be difficult to recapture. Um, don't hate the Orlando thing. Philly looked pretty bad, but they did end up winning in Costa Rica. But we'll see. Philly's always good, so I'm not going to, like, call them to suck. But my big pick, my big pick, I, I think Miami misses the playoffs. But that leads a little bit into the next question. I, I do realize as well, and again, your co-host uh, is going to absolutely berate me after this, that that last question was a two-part question. So uh, apologies for that, and, and apologies to John. He'll He'll survive. Uh, we'll we'll just give him a couple of beers at the at the pregame and he'll have a good time with it. Uh, my two picks, um, my good pick will be KC. I was with you on that one. I thought they were 
they they obviously made a run towards the end of the season, but they just started a little bit too too far behind to get to where they are nor- notoriously right. uh, you know expected to be within this league. And then on the flip side, a, a team that um, had a bad run to start but made up for it. And, and to your point about Portland, I think Seattle will be looking to rebuild coming soon mm-hmm. with some of their players getting a little older and, and kind of that it's run, time. you know. Jordan Morris still kind of that lead man and, and he's up there in age and, and, and injuries and how long can his knees go? The Roll Don brothers, uh, you know, so I think maybe Seattle has a little bit of a step back this year uh, and, and the Pacific Northwest is a little bit angry uh, with their football as they've been kind of the face of the league the last couple of seasons. But uh, they, you mentioned- do have, they do have a signing in, that I like uh, from the Argentinian league up in Seattle. De La Vega. Pedro de la Vega, I think, is going to be good. He may. We'll see about his adjustment. It's always like these guys that come. You know how it is. The, when you follow MLS, you know, like there's these guys that come in. They're either like amazing or they just don't catch and they're horrible. It's like, there's very rarely an in between with some of these guys. But de la Vega could be it. Uh, Painso for LA, you mentioned, is another one. Matt, I don't. I just don't think you can play bad with those jerseys that Seattle have. I mean, those are the best jerseys in the entire MLS. Oh, no, I'm, a fa- that's I'm a fan. I'm a fan. That's a take. Maybe no, you guys are just take. you guys no, are just okay. old. I guess this is the those new. Are, no, the new those era. are good, but you just can't wear those every day. You could wear those to like a garden, like one garden party a year. You one could wear that shirt, you know, like an Easter, Easter, Easter five aside match or something like that. And they're like they're pastel. That's crazy. They're pastel. Like, they are crazy. pastel. It's hard. It's a hard watch. But Danny, you, you brought up the playoffs, and that's where I want to go next as we kind of go get there. closer to to that's wrapping up some of the the preview here. Um, Name name one team from the playoffs last season that does not make it this season. Uh, you mentioned potentially a team like St. Louis and, and kind of them taking a potential step back, maybe not, you know, being number one in the in the West. But do you think mm-hmm. that they fall all the way out and don't make the playoffs, or is there another team that you think kind of was on the fringe? Or just, where 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 are you with a team that made it last year that potentially could fall out of that top eight or nine? Let's start in the East, and I think. Man, that's tough. The East is so competitive. I think, I think New England. I think New England is the team. Actually, I, I, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to throw New England out there. Last year's five seed as the team that uh, just struggles to put it all together. I wanted to pick Nashville. I wanted to pick Red Bulls. I should pick Charlotte, but I can't. So I'm going to go with New England in the East. As far as the West. I think Houston. I think the wheels are falling off in Houston big time. Uh, Hector Herrera is out for the first month and a half of the so of the season. That For them to be a hosting playoff team as a top four seed in the West last year, and I think they're going to be struggling to maybe even make, not even make the playoffs this year. So we'll see. Um, Steve Clark's another year older. They also lost Quinones for the entire season, one of their best wingers. And then uh, in the first match last night, in the first CONCACAF Champions Cup match, uh, when they were at St. Louis, they lost Sebastian Ferreira 20 minutes in, another DP striker that they just brought in. He's going to miss two months now, uh, if not more. So they're all, they're like missing all their DPs to injury now, and they're, and it's all a lot of uncertainty. And, and they got an old goalkeeper, an old back line, and I just they got a little bit of talent, but I think they really overachieved last year, and I think they're a sink. I'm going to I'm going to hurt some feelings here and I'm going to go ahead and just to show we are there's no chance that Charlotte makes the playoffs this year. Not no even, chance. Not wow. even a little bit. Not even a little bit. I'm a season wow. ticket holder. I live and die for the club. 
I will be there every single game. But I think there is no chance in hell with how good the East is that Charlotte FC with one DP wow. right now wow. makes the playoffs. I'm just going to have to give it to it straight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really am. Because I don't. I want to win. I like winning, personally. But I just don't think so. And for my West, I don't want to copy. I think I don't think RS. Ah. Oh, man, this West one's tough. Because I was looking through at the playoffs. And there's a lot of the teams I like. I don't. I just don't. I'm not believing in sporting Kansas City that much, honestly. I, oh, they I could just, fall off for sure. They could fall off. I do like Polito and Saloy up top, but yeah. Johnny Russell's up there in age. Yeah. They lost their veteran Graham Zussi. I'm just not buying what they're selling. We had a lot of negativity there, Daniel Brackett, <laughs> and you really threw us both for a loop, even myself, uh, saying that there's absolutely no chance that Charlotte was going to make I'm playoffs. wearing the scarf. I understand, but you, you threw the negativity hammer down, and so I have to turn it around. I want both of you guys to give me a team that will make the playoffs that was not in the playoffs. So some positive vibes here. I I don't know, even know where to start after what you just threw down at us, but I'm going to go up at Brams first. I'm looking at you. You're in my screen. Brams, give me a team that sneaks into the playoffs. That wasn't there last year. I got to go Colorado in the West uh, and New York city in the East. Even though they're going to start 0 and one. Okay. I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick with that Galaxy pick to make the playoffs. Figured you would. Figured you would. I'm just going to stick with my gut there now. And I'm. this is an easy pick, whatever. And I'm going to go against you, DB. I'm sorry. But I'm going to go with Inter-Miami making the playoffs. Too much talent on that roster. Just can't. I mean, I don't think they'll win it. But Too I, much I talent do. in that rehab room, for sure. That is true. Now, you don't think could they'll win it, apart. but we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to whether or not Daniel actually thinks they'll win it later on. Uh, we'll just tease that there. So let's say, okay, <laughs> we have Inter-Miami in. And no, no chance, in my opinion. But favorites in the East and favorites in the West from both of you guys. Daniel Brackett, you started us off here as Dan, Danny Brams went first with the positive vibes on the playoffs. So favorite, your favorite, top seed coming out of each conference. I feel Bex, these are probably pretty easy favorites, but I'm going to go Columbus. Do not count out Wilfred Dancy ever, the best coach in the MLS by a mile right now. And I'm going to go with LAFC. Don't like Sharondolo, but I do like the squad. And they went far. If it wasn't for C uh, St. Louis last year, they would have been first. They made it to the finals. So I'm going to go a repeat final here, potentially. Hate to correct you on your own show, but LAFC actually did finish third in the West last year behind Seattle and St. Oh, Louis. Uh, but okay. my, pick, uh, my pick for uh, uh, um, uh, favorite in the West is going to be Dallas, uh, Dallas Burn, FC Dallas. Contingent on how things go with Jesus Ferreira, he's always like on the verge of wanting away and leaving. They just signed this new partnership with Benfica. So I could see him going to Benfica in the summer, but I think that uh, um, he'll have him in a good place. They brought in one of the best uh, big uh, money signings, this this uh, Peter Musa striker, to play with Ferreira, to play with Velasco. And uh, I just really think that they are going to be very good. They got uh, strong goalkeeping. They got good coaching. And I just – I like Dallas's chances, unless they sell everyone on their team, which they've been known to want to do from time to time. 
Heard uh, Ferrer's going to Russia anyways, but... No, Nico no, 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 no. Nico Estevez is a great coach, though, so I do like that pick a lot, and I think is going to hit the ground running uh, after yeah. his work, after Benfica didn't really work out for him. Did we get an East pick from you, Danny? Apologies if I missed that. Oh, Columbus. Columbus, yeah. Columbus. I, can't, I can't say anything Danny didn't say already. All righty. So now, of course, we want to touch on the crown because obviously we both all three of us live in charlotte the closest team yeah closest team you're both wearing your kits danny brams and john hayes as we mentioned at the upfront are so connected and doing an amazing job of covering this team and, and obviously again just want to plug those guys go check them out at charlotte soccer show uh for the crown baby on X. The labor of love want to dive Passion. into charlotte Passion fc plug. here for a little bit of course the big storyline of this offseason was dean smith the new hire at the gaffer role and, and you know danny just want to get your take here you mentioned of course he was one of your managers that was going to be the biggest impact um kind of just would you mind elaborating a little bit on on why that is and, and just give us some thoughts as, as what you've seen so far with his first impression of the squad the last couple months well, I just think Dino is the most accomplished manager of anyone who was brought in. I actually think he's got like the best resume in the league, unless you're overweighting MLS experience, which obviously some of the guys who've won cups and stuff like that over here um, would would go above him. But I just think, you know, you talk about a guy who's worked, managed in the Premier League, worked his way up, earned promotion from the from championship and, and created a, a blueprint that now even has Villa thriving, you know, years after his departure. Tough to beat Dean Smith for me um, on paper. Uh, we'll see, we're yet to see how it plays out actually on the pitch, but he seems like a really good guy who's got everyone in Charlotte fired up. And because there's a lack of real high-profile signings for Charlotte, they've added a handful of guys and brought up some guys from the next pro, but there's no new DPs. There are negative two DPs in the last month. Um, and probably now, barring a miracle, in the next 48 hours will be – waiting till summer to sign a DP. So that's fine. But by default, what that means is that Dino has to be one of the biggest impact managers of all the new managers coming in because he's got to make sure that all of his players get something new and, and look like new guys. And, you know, ha are, he, he has the burden of making sure that everyone that was on the team last year that came back is not the same player that they were when they left. And so... I think I'm optimistic he can do it. Um, you know, I've been I've been to a couple of the training sessions and things like that just for the open media periods. And, like, you can see that, like, the guys seem to – like, I remember when I would go to drills, they did – you know, previous coaches would do a few open trainings, and I would try to go when I could. Just who knows what you can get from watching the first 10 minutes of a practice session. But um, what I got is – you see how how much guys are putting themselves into drills and how hard they're working and how much that you're looking for body language and eye rolls and heads uh, doing this and stuff like that. And you didn't see any of that this week. So I don't know. I think that uh, Dino, it's a whole attitude thing. What people need to realize is that Charlotte FC had one of the worst dropped points and go late goals conceded records of all time. It was horrific, you know, last season. Still finished on 43 points, you know. When you drop 25 points and you finish on 43 and you think, you know, if we just got half of those back that we dropped, we would be hosting a playoff game instead of playing in the wild card. I think Charlotte has been a little underestimated by some of the media. 
The East has not gotten easier per se, but I do think, you know, it's going to be tough for Cincinnati to repeat and stuff like that. So I like the crown. They're built around young players, and we'll see, uh, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Uh, does that does that inspire you as much, Brackets, hearing uh, if you're good enough, you're old enough? Are you, are you still as inspired the 50th time you heard it as the first? I, I am inspired in – I think what makes or breaks Charlotte FC is, you know, the kids, right? Nikola Petkovic, Brandon Cambridge, when he comes back from injury, mm-hmm. um, Erie Tavares, who we just, you know, bumped up, Jao Pedro. So Ajima. there's going to be a ton, Ajimon, there's going to be a ton of kids that are going to have to step up in a big way and fill big shoes. And then the only thing that's concerning for me and probably the biggest concern is, not even the DPs. I don't. I don't like St. Louis did it without DPs last year, so that's not an excuse. But the designated I'm, team. We have one right winger right now, and that's a problem. And so we keep signing midfielders when we need wingers. And I don't. I just mm-hmm. like. I think Scott Arfield would be great down the middle, but I just don't see him at this point in his career playing down the right with the pace that MLS provides or that needs and. It's an athletic, athletic lead or league, excuse me. So, I mean, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. So, but we'll see. I mean, I'm going to enjoy the season no matter what anyway. So who cares? I mean, you're just being realistic. I mean, let's, let's just being fully honest. If I'm doing an MLS season preview, it doesn't matter what jersey I'm wearing. Like a team that snuck into the playoffs and lost, you know, 60% 60% of their goal production from last year is not a team that I'm picking to like somehow, you know, do, do 10 points better than they did last year. But, but that is what I'm picking. Cause I love Charlotte FC. So fuck it. Yeah. And you both, and you both touched on it. And I think it's, I want to just get, you know, your both thoughts. And, and I think it's pretty clear the impact that he does have. And, and, but there's opportunity that, you know, arises when a player like Carol Swiderski leaves and, and of course, you know, Camille Uzviak, the two DPs that you mentioned, Danny Brams, you know, negative DPs this past couple of weeks. You know, what is the, what is the broader impact? Of course, like I said, you know, the, it gives opportunities for young guys to step in that both of you have touched on. Now Enzo Capetti gets to play, you know, at his more preferred position up top, although it would have been nice to have had Enzo and, and Carol have a partnership up there and kind of play off each other. But more, you know, bigger picture, I guess, Carol being you know, one of the more veteran players on this squad other than Ashley Westwood and, and have that experience. What What is the, the overall impact of losing a guy like Carroll to this lineup? Uh, and where does that, you know, where do we kind of fill that hole or where do you guys fill that hole for, for him with his absence? What do you think, Breck? Oh, man. I think Breck Diagra is going to be yep. the key in our fulcrum to if we have a successful season. Here's- I also... I also Here's really like Diani. Oh, you Deani, like Diani? I think if Diani can ball, that will open up Westwood, therefore gives Enzo service. I think it's that easy. And so yeah. Enzo's didn't oh, ha- Enzo didn't have service. And do you so, think Diani will start over Urso now? Now that Urso's been signed, do, do you think? Don't you think they might go with the MLS experience there? I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen enough of both of them to make a point. I like both of them when I watched and caught the preseason games. I could. Um, I think Diani is younger and Urso ha- is a little bit leggy. So I think Diani will get more minutes than Urso. But I like what they both bring to the table. And I think both open up Westwood to have more of a freeing role going forward, which is what we signed him for in the first place. 
to give the ball to Breck Diagra and Enzo Capetti to put the ball yeah. in the back of the net. Yeah, I'll just say that, yes, Carroll did score our leading goal scoring numbers last year, but I think four of them were penalties. So if you just flip the penalties over, you know, then I think that he's no longer our leading goal scorer. So you think of it that way. Um, hey, you know, maybe maybe uh, it's not as hard to replace it. I think Enzo is going to score a lot more goals this year. He's feeling confident. He looks just like everything is lined up for him. So if he fails this time, it's on him. But but last year may not have been the best situation for him. But this year, of course. Bradley Wright Phillips had him listed as potential golden boot winner this year. So yeah. keep an yeah, eye that on that. Hopefully that, yeah. that, uh, that could be one of those things. A couple more questions We'd for you, Danny, on, on Charlotte. Uh, just a couple real quick, real, you know, hot, uh, fast takes on this one. Uh, you mentioned, you and John both mentioned, you know, local fan favorite, Brant Bronico, maybe the, the, I don't know how else you define him other than the, the workhorse and the engine of this this lineup the last two years since he came onto the roster. It, it doesn't look, there's always a place for a player like Brandt, of course, regardless of if it's starting or on the bench, but wh what does the future look like for Brandt at this club, given Dino's arrival and, 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 you know, looking at it holistically and making some changes is, is this the end of the line for Brandt or is there a way he can still get into this roster going forward? That's a tough call. Um, it's looking not great because he's hurt. So if there's there's mixed signs, mixed signals, if you will, because uh, Smith, when he first talked, when he gave his first press conference after sort of seeing a few training sessions, Brant was the first name that he mentioned. Uh, you know, Dean Smith said, they said, what are your early impressions of the squad? He said, man, that Brant Bronico can run forever. You know, that was the first name that he mentioned. So you do have that. Uh, it's not like his hard work uh, go has is not going to be appreciated by an Englishman who's had his guys out here running and running and running for a month uh, to try to get better and conditioning for late in games. Like, so he can make an impact there and he can work his way back in. But the problem is he's hurt. He's out for at least another couple weeks. Uh, it's a thigh injury. You know that doesn't sound great for a guy who's make his name as a grinder. And so who knows what's going to happen? Uh, they go out and sign two guys at his position, Diani and Urso. Uh, Pekovic, come, Pekovic comes up, also plays his position. So all of a sudden, Brant goes from being like a locked-in starter to like fighting for like a, in a group of like six guys for two spots. And that just by sheer law of average and numbers and math on that, it's a much more precarious position. And so when you say, is his time up? I'm not going to sit here and like make some bold pronouncement on that. I don't think it's end of the line. I think was the term you used. End of the line is way too, uh, way too finalistic for a guy who I would never underestimate, but maybe brackets feels different. I got a hot take here and hence why <sighs> my hot. old, Super my hot. ex uh, handle used to be DB's hot takes. Not anymore. Rest in peace. But He's a guy, like you said, that Dino mentioned, who can just run for forever. So if we don't get any right wingers anytime soon, and and hear me out, Dino does not want to play Diagra or Arfield out wide as like a almost like a box to box right midfielder. I could see him slot there as a, a stopgap. 
now. I don't think, and I think he's going to lose his place in the midfield. So, and this is coming from a UNCC alum. So Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Brad, but I could, he has tactical flexibility. He played in an advanced position with Latanzio last season. So maybe just maybe I might be crazy enough to think that he could end up on the right wing at some point. Now, would that be good? I don't know, but we're going to see. It's it's all interesting. We'll see what happens. Of course, I'm out on um, that plan. For the record, I'm off I'm, that plan. <laughs> don't think that's going to be on the Charlotte Soccer Show discussed. We'll see. Keep an eye out or ears out, I guess, for the latest episode. Got to take takes, takes everything uh, in this game for sure. We'll see what happens. Now, uh, Danny, you guys on the preview show mentioned where you guys thought the the squad was going to end up. So not going to not going to put you on there. If you want to go check out that latest episode. Go check those those guys out again, um, and so you can hear where where they rank all of their MVPs and and Golden Boot for the team, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to get you off the the Charlotte train though with this last question, um, and I, I know the answer, but also there's a follow up. So I got another two part question: uh, Any fun road trips planned for the season uh, to watch the Crown? And then yeah. additionally, favorite ground other than the fortress that you've either attended or are looking forward to getting to this year. So, uh, definitely so super excited, uh, to be doing two road trips to two of the newest MLS stadiums, uh, that I've not been to either of them, either of them, uh, Geodis park in Nashville. I'll be going on St. Patty's weekend, March 16th. Can't wait to go to that game. And then July 20th at the Q2 stadium in, fiery scorching hot uh microwave oven temperature austin texas around that time of year i'll be going that's my old hometown before i moved to charlotte got a lot of people there got a big party planned uh y'all are invited come on down to austin for the for the charlotte match on july 20th anyone who's in town should show up at my brother's house for a backyard pool party that he's throwing on behalf of me unbeknownst to him i think at this time but uh he's gonna find out eventually so typical, those are the two typical. big trips, Nashville and Austin, big music towns, obviously. I love both towns, spend a lot of time in both. Uh, and then I will be going to D.C. I keep making this joke, as long as, you know, we're not in a civil war uh, at the United States of America two weeks before the election, as long as uh, law and order uh, is reigning and they're not holding uh, military checkpoints on the roads into the Capitol two weeks before Election Day, then I can't wait to go see um, the final match of the year. Um on decision day because I've got, I've gone to the Charlotte at DC game, both of the last two years. So why I got to just keep making the tradition for sure. And I love the fact that that's on decision day. So be doing those three. Um, as far as my favorite stadiums, I'd have to say going to DC is probably it. Um, as I liked Orlando, I've seen a game at Philly. Uh, what else? I've been to Atlanta. I've been to Mercedes Benz, but Nothing quite like uh, being on the waterfront there in D.C., pretty close to Monument Park. There's a really great brewery that's like five-minute walk from the stadium called Solace that I've been to a couple times. And the stadium is really cool in D.C. The seats we were in last year were not as good as the ones we had the first year, but hey, what can you do? And uh, yeah, I just I like their stadium. There's a really cool area at the DC stadium. That's where I met Mindy Bender. You know, meeting Mindy was probably one of the highlights of my entire 2023. And um, she, she and John and I, we all met up uh, just randomly at this little area of DC's stadium where you can like sort of underneath the seats, you can like sort of like it's a standing room only area that gives you kind of a really cool view from field level. So 
go DC Audi Field or whatever. Whoever else wants to buy the sponsorship this year when Audi runs out of money, uh, whatever they I, want to call it. I've been to a few myself, but I've been to New York City FC, which is a joke of a stadium. Um, I've disgrace. been Marce- it's a disgrace. Made- Let's it just is. leave it at that. And it was right after they won, so they had that unveiling of the small banner, and it was the most, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, all right, then, all right. NYCFC <laughs> jokes aside, let's go. Move on. And then I've I've been to Atlanta, which was a really cool stadium, but I can't pick Atlanta. And I went probably the coolest game I've ever been to. I went to Seattle against DC United in 2015, four three thriller, and that stadium was rocking. And I was I was really impressed. So. That's I gotta say, Seattle's the coolest stadium I've been to. I bet. All right. Well, we're towards the end of the show. Um, notoriously, and in case you haven't picked up already, what I'm gonna propose to Danny Brams is almost impossible, but we're gonna do a rapid fire uh, just to close us out here. Let's get some, get some uh, teams on the books, some some awards uh, for the season. So, uh, Danny Brams, in two words or less. MVP of the season. Cucho Hernandez. Daniel Brackett. Ricky Puig. Daniel Brackett. Signing of the season. I'm going to go with Forsberg. Emil Forsberg for New York Red Bulls, even though I can't stand that team. Danny Brams? Forsberg's getting all the hype in preseason. I'm going to go with Diego Rubio for Austin. He somehow makes them way better than I thought they would be, and him and uh, Drew, he just dominate all year. Or a smile of it for Colorado. Scratch that. Kuipers for Chicago. Haven't mentioned them No, he's going to suck. No, Kuipers, no. no. Haven't mentioned them at all, but Chicago is a sleeper team. Sorry. No, they aren't. Changing his pick. Typical. Now you see what I deal with. Chicago's not a sleeper team. Uh. Danny Brams, MLS Supporter Shield team for you this year. Columbus. Brackets. He hates he hates saying the same team or saying the same person. It's like a thing for him. Say what you think the answer is, is what I would say. LAFC. We're not trying to embrace debate here. Changed it. Wow. Okay. Well, now here's where we get back to his pick earlier. Danny Brackett, MLS Cup champion. Uh, enter Miami, I guess. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Danny Brams, MLS Cup champion for you. Charlotte FC. <laughs> Love it. Coach of the year, Danny Brams. Dean Smith. Daniel Brackett. Wilfred Nancy. Top goal scorer for both of you guys. Whoever wants this one first, feel free to take Ooh. it away. Cucho. Buanga. There you guys have it. We'll keep an eye on those. We'll come back. We'll reference whether how everyone did. Danny Brams, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really love having you as always. Thank you for a great discussion on MLS kickoff. If you are listening to us live or as we record, uh, MLS is about to get going. So feel free to check that out. Inter Miami is kicking us off here within the hour. Uh, so wow. we will keep everything going. Yep. But again, we are back. MLS is officially back. You guys can check out Danny Brams and John Hayes over at the Charlotte Soccer Show, or you can check them out on X at For the Crown Baby. Again, if you are in the Charlotte area, 
Come join us on Saturday at Hopfly. We will have a watch party, excuse me, pre-party, and then we will walk over to the stadium for the game as Charlotte FC kicks off their season against NYC FC. Exciting times. You can, of course, follow Daniel and I at Full Time Roundup, and we will have another episode for you guys tomorrow on Thursday for our normal prediction show. Daniel, Danny, awesome chatting with both of you guys. Thank you very much. Have a great evening, and hope for a championship here in the Queen City this season.